So what's the best piece of advice that you've gotten about podcasting? Just start. Yeah. Just start. Your first podcast is going to suck. Your second podcast is going to suck. Your third podcast is going to suck. Somewhere along the lane of the way, somebody's not going to like it. You're going to shift it. Something's going to change, etc. It's not going to be for the market. Like just start. You are listening to Next Up Nation, where leaders and influencers dish their secrets to inform, inspire, and entertain serious podcasters with host Tiffany Youngren. You are going to get a kick out of today's guest, marketing pro and podcaster Kevin Hempel. I know I sure did. If you're more of a scrappy podcaster, his methods will really resonate. If you're like many experts who podcast, or if you're thinking about podcasting, that's why you're listening. Don't believe anyone who tells you that you have to wait for a certain number of downloads or really anything else before you can start making money at it. To see what I mean, go to profitpodcasting.com slash listener to download our three pillar profit podcasting playbook. I'm giving it away to valued listeners like you so you can step up and become next up. Now here's the show. Prepare yourself. Okay, let's go. Hey there, I'm Tiffany Youngren, owner of OMH Agency, and welcome to Next Up Nation, a weekly show that brings you leaders and influencers across a vast number of industries who are happy to share their insights on spreading the message. Thank you so much for listening. Today, I'm really excited to welcome Kevin Hempel, owner of Kevin Hempel LLC. He's a husband and a father of two. He's a storyteller, business owner, and an ultra athlete. Kevin says that he is just an ordinary guy doing extraordinary things and sharing the story on digital media. Kevin, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yes. Yes. Thanks for being here. How about, would you just a little bit share what your podcast is about and the inspiration behind it? I know you've got a couple, so feel free just to kind of share what you're doing in the podcasting world. Yeah. The Kevin Hempel podcast started out uh, originally as being called the Digital Legacy Podcast uh, a couple of years ago. And it was just an idea of being able to bring business owners and different people that of interest onto the podcast and just having them share their story. Um, it started with a good friend of mine, Roxanne, who really I had met through the gym that we work out at. And one day I had said, hey, have you ever done a podcast? And she started laughing and said no. And so we were sitting in front of the microphones and I pressed the record button and her and I ended up speaking for about an hour. Oh, um, wow. And then I finished the record button and I said, there's your first podcast. And she says, whoa, that was that easy. And I was like, yeah. And so that <laughs> transpired into hundreds of hours of just meeting people and recording and just being able to share stories after we had started it it then turned into having entrepreneurs and business owners on uh, the podcast and letting them share their story, spreading um, the good word. And then also talking about some nonprofit organizations and helping raising money and just really being passionate, just living a life of creativity. So what it's transformed into now is it's been an audio opportunity on digital media to be able to share everybody's story. You mm. know? It's really cool, large scale. So what makes that important? So for me, I believe everybody has a story. We've seen it all the time. And you know, to share your story, share your experiences and all that. And I just tagged onto it really early at an early stage in, in my career. I had kind of sat in the background of a lot of businesses. I had helped other companies grow, other entrepreneurs. I helped them grow their companies. And 
I really didn't come out of, you know, come out of the dark, as we say, I was always scared to take the leap. And it wasn't until my grandmother had passed away. And she had told me that I had a way of telling people how it is, you know, tell my story. Mm. And when that happened, that's when kind of everything opened up and, and enveloped through. And what I've learned through this whole process is that since everybody does have a story, everybody also has a available voice within them and an available way to share it. And I just find after doing lots of videos and recording others and trying to share other people's story through the digital legacy and kevinemple.com, I find that audio has been the easiest way for people to be able to feel comfortable doing that and sharing their story. Nice, nice. So when you started, I mean, it's really kind and wonderful and feels good to share the story and share it for other people. But is there also something that you get out of it through your business or does your business benefit from it as well? Yeah, there's a gentleman, Simon Sinek. I'm sure you and a lot of your listeners have heard him you know, speak and stuff like that. He had said, there's a quote from him that says, um, people buy from people they know, like, and trust or something mm. of that nature. And so what I discovered using digital media and in sharing the story is that when we put ourselves out there, we create posts on social media, we create podcasting, we do all these other things. We, we have these creations. We, we even share, even if we're not creating it. We share them online and that ends up creating who we are, a perspective or a perception of who we are as people. Mm. And in the world of negativity, I feel it's super important to be able to share positive. And so that's what I started doing. And so how the whole process of podcasting and everything helped my company and helps my business is that I share who I am, like truly, and also who I want to be. And so if I'm moving in a progression form, as we're always um, evolving, I share positive things. I choose not to go negative. And then I strive to be the person that I am being perceived as I am online. So when you meet me physically, I hope to be, if not better than mm. the person that you're seeing digitally. That in turn ends up over time once trust is built and reputations are built and things are built through that online digital aspect, that in turn turns into contracts for me in construction, in painting, in success leadership, in video production. Some people hire me to uh, you know, produce videos and I hire other team members to help in that. There's a plethora of ways. It's diversification. Yeah. It's really yeah. diversification. So do you use your podcast to grow your, because you're in digital marketing for yourself, like mm -hmm. you do that for other businesses, but yeah. you are pretty heavy, like you've got clients. So you're using your podcast to help your clients market. Is that Same. what I'm hearing? Yep, okay. exactly. And my own companies as well, right? Mm -hmm. All of it. Because you said construction, and I think that's going to surprise a lot of people to hear that in an industry like construction, it's help, which I've talked to several construction podcasters. So yeah. I feel like this makes total sense, but yeah. can you just talk a little bit? How does something like, like how, do those, how do those clients resonate with hearing you on a podcast? Okay. So, yeah. So I have, okay, let me start with this. There's a theory and a thought process out there that you have your personal life and your professional life. You're never supposed to combine those two together, right? Like standard thinking in my head says that you don't combine those two together. I've chosen to always combine those two together. Like mm. I've, when Facebook started and when LinkedIn started, when Instagram started, when Snapchat started, I started to connect with my clients. 
And for a while I caught flack on it. Everyone was like, why are you going to do that? You got to keep it separate. And I was like, no, why? Like, if they don't like me as a person, why are they going to hire me as a, you know, company? Like as a, so I just started to combine that. And so over time on social media, what I started to do was just build relationships with my clients. I started to get intimate with some of my clients online to where I started having deeper relationships and understanding who they were. Hmm. Right. And so I would see a post from a client of mine and I would say, okay, you know, maybe that person is struggling or, Hey, that person's really optimistic. And on the, um, in direct messaging, I would send them a message and say, Hey, I noticed that you're struggling right now. Or I noticed that, right. Do you understand that? Oh yeah. So I would build that, um, intimate relationship, that deeper relationship with my clients, knowing that at some point in time, tomorrow, six months, one year, five years from now, that client would have a situation with their job or with their experience or even in their life. That client would be having challenges with their life that negatively or positively affects their work life. They would have challenges and be looking for somebody that they can just open up to and talk to and and get some sort of guidance to. Well, Mm -hmm. ultimately, some of my clients would end up calling me and saying, hey, Kev, I'm, you know, I was challenged here. I'm challenged there. Once in a while, a client calls and says, I've got a tough construction project. It's a homeowner association. It's this, it's that. We're all sideways. There's insurance involved, but it's a tough project. And I know you're a pretty good communicator. And I think this is a project that you need to take a look at. That project ends up being a multi-million dollar project. Right. Going, hey, what is that client saying, Tiffany, to me? They're saying, I trust you because of who I know you to be of who I perceive you to be. And I've got a project over on this scale that I don't trust anybody else really to handle it. And I think that you should really take a look at this thing because I think this this is best fitted for you. That's- well, and I think it illustrates something really powerful. And that is that I, I can't even think of an industry where people don't need to trust the person they're about to hire or just like the human that they are. And I think construction is very high on that list because my husband's in construction and we've done, we've been in the real estate industry for, you know, decades, quite honestly. And before they, when they hire him, it's the same thing. It's like, you know, they've usually, you know, gotten screwed by other contractors and they're afraid to hire somebody. And what better way to find a contractor that you can trust, but to get to know them and know who they are as a person and then look at their work and then go, oh, you got the stuff too. And, you know, it's a great way to build that because I feel like sometimes we get too hung up on the cliche of it. Like, oh, people need to trust you. But when you're thinking about the situation and the power of that, you're like, oh yeah, that's true. I really do need to trust the person before I even look at their portfolio. You know, who cares about that? It's a, who cares? You know, they don't care about what you know till they, you know, they don't, what is it? They don't care about what you know until they know how much you care. Yeah. <laughs> so. yeah. I've heard that quote recently and it's true. Right. And it's challenging for those of us that share online too, because we're starting, I feel like we're starting to get into the conversation of authenticity, right? Mm-hmm. How yeah. uh, We use that word all the time, buzzword, authenticity, vulnerability, share it online, share your story. And like, whoa, that's heavy stuff. Mm-hmm. What I see happening today online with a lot of content that's out there is that People feel like they're being authentic. People feel like they're being vulnerable, but they're not. They still mm-hmm. have the Wizard of Oz veil. It's like that the great, it's the scene in the that Wizard of Oz movie where like 
the um, they just walked up to the the castle and the great Oz is answering right and Toto <laughs> runs around and pulls the veil off and yeah. he's like I am the great Oz right and everyone's <laughs> like wait a second no you're not and then he pulls it back and he pretends to be but at some point the content and the stuff that we share online if you're faking being authentic if you're faking being vulnerable we can tell we yeah. can see it. there are those of us that have the eyes to see the invalidness of your content and so i think i str- i personally strive to get to that full form of authenticity and by do by how i get there is by sharing the vulnerability that i can have a bad day mm-hmm. i can ha- you know recently i've been sharing a lot about my sobriety walk mm. I also shared that I got baptized. Like I'm being told that stuff isn't normally shared online. Like we're not supposed to talk about that because that's not professional. Well, guess what? For me, I'm human. Right. And in the act of construction, in the act of real estate, in the act of food tours, in the act of, you know, painting companies, every other industry we can think of, car salesmanship, like all mm-hmm. of the industries in this world that I mean, exist. accountants. I mean, that's what I, I, it's like, you can literally think of any industry, how important we're human, mm-hmm. we're human. And so yeah. let's just be real about it. Like if we're struggling, let's talk about the struggle. Let's not only talk about it though. Let's actually be active in getting better working through that. And right. it's it, that's service, Tiffany. Yeah. S-E-R-V-I-C-E. That's right. That's, that's service. right. That's yeah. right. And those of us that do it, it, it we're, we'll constantly see business. We'll that's be okay. awesome. Well, and that's one thing I like about podcasting. I know for us, we keep our, we do multiply the content. So we push it out on a lot of different platforms, but our actual podcast that goes out, it's lightly edited. It's very Smart. enough to make it not annoying, but we try not to edit any of the thinking content or the spillage content, you know, because it is, it's just such a good way to people expect it a little more long form. It's okay to, you know, it's portable. So, so I don't know. I just, I love what you're saying. And I think too, we get so much content that we're a lot more sensitive to whether or not it's real and, and we're skeptical. So we'll hear it. We'll be like, Oh, do they really mean that? And so what is something that you would say if someone's sitting here listening, going, I'm authentic, what you're saying, I get it. I already know this. I've been told a million times. Is there something or a question that someone could ask to dig into whether or not they're truly being authentic or if they are wizard of Ozing it? Optics. They have to let the market decide. Mm. So when yeah, they're listening yeah. it back or if they're evaluating what kind of content they're putting out, if, they're, mm-hmm. if there is this, what will my audience think? Is that what you mean? Well, your question was, you know, if somebody, let me just rephrase it to make sure that I understand. Your question was, if somebody's sitting here listening and saying, Kevin's using these buzzwords of authenticity and vulnerability, and I'm doing all those already, but I'm still not succeeding. Is that the question? Or just, I just feel like a lot of us feel like we're authentic, but Mm -hmm. I personally, I think if I haven't posted and really been, had the urge to take the post down, Uh I probably haven't been authentic lately. So I feel like, is there a way that someone could reevaluate what they're doing to see Mm. or, or a filter that they could look through to go, am I really being authentic? How can, you know, is there something that you do to kind of test yourself on that to see 
because we can all think that we're being authentic. Like, look at me. I let podcast content go out without editing it heavily. I'm authentic. Well, that doesn't necessarily mean I'm being authentic. Yeah. You you don't know any better. You just, (laughs) it's like, what's in the middle? Like, what am I saying in the middle of it? Am I being authentic? Like, is there a way that we can check ourselves before we wreck ourselves? So I like that. I like that quote. Yeah. So what I do is I all, and you can sort of see it physically in me. I can feel it in my body. I have like a physical thing and I call it dancing on the edge. Mm. If I'm about to post something that I know is like dancing on the edge of like, you're about to fall over. Like it's a, (laughs) or I'm about to lean over the edge of life by leaving myself out there and being so vulnerable and showing my open wounds but I know that the, the people that I have around me in my network are going to encase me and mm. keep me from falling over the edge. And they're going to bring me back and they're going to show me love. And they're going to say, no, I get what you're saying. I see what you're doing there. Those posts are the ones for me. Yeah. Those shares are the ones that are like, boom, I hit it right there. Mm. And I will also get messages from those that say, thank you. Mm. Thank you for sharing that because I've wanted to say that I've wanted to post that, but you just took the words right out of my head and you put them so beautifully and prophetically out there. Mm. And then they ask, where did that come from? How did you get there? Did you read a book? And I'm like, no, I just, I was there and I just, I'm a messenger, right? I'm (laughs) sharing the story. Yeah. So what's the best piece of advice that you've gotten about podcasting? Just start. Yeah. Just start. Your first podcast is going to suck. Your second podcast is going to suck. Your third podcast is going to suck. Somewhere along the lane, uh, the way, it's somebody's not going to like it. You're going to shift it. Something's going to change, et cetera. It's not going to be for the market. Like, just start. Mm-hmm. Like, when I first got into podcasting, I met with a lot of people and I had asked them, like, how do you podcast? Well, you get a mic and you get lighting and you get this and you get that and you get all these things. And I was like, wow, it sounds like a lot of money. And then I heard somebody say, why don't you just download this app and just press record <laughs> and share it and see what happens? Yeah. So yeah. that's what I did. I, I chose not to go with all the stuff because mm-hmm. the stuff prevents us from actually creating and doing things. So best yeah. thing I ever heard was just just do it, like make it happen. Yeah. yeah. Just act on act. it. So you have guests on your show. How do you determine, like, how do you find and how do you find your best guests? How do you attract them to you? And how do you know it when they get there that this is someone that you want on your show? That is a great question. A lot of times they will come to me and say, hey, I'm interested in doing a podcast. And I'll ask them like, what what do you want to talk about? What do you want to do? What message do you want out there? Like, what do you do? You know, I'll ask those questions. The best ones just come to me walking my way through my life. Like, Mm -hmm. I'll be talking with a client or I'll be speaking to, to somebody, helping them build their company. And all of a sudden they say something and I go, this needs to go on a podcast. We need to go deeper with this. Mm. I, I live my life a lot. Like if it was the last moment I was going to be here and you know, we've, we've talked a little bit about my walk with Jesus right now. And really it's a full message. It's Mm. you will get what you're supposed to get and receive. And yeah, Life, universe, God, whatever you believe in is going to tell you that this is like the right thing to do. And some of the best podcasts that I've had have been when like a really good one was my good friend, Dennis, owner of a gym. The best podcast that 
we've done so far has been with him because he leaves himself so vulnerable, so authentic. And mm. the things that him and myself and another co-host are talking about in one of those podcasts are really deep. Mm. It's really like his story is being in prison and doing a bunch of stuff and then getting out and building company. Like that's really deep. And if you can listen to it and pay attention to the things and the messages that are in there, you're going to have an opportunity to really learn something. I like it. I like it. Yeah. So who are one or two people that you turn to as mentors? Mm. My wife. Mm. She is my best friend. She, we've been through so much together that when there's a struggle, she is one of the first people I will turn to and go, hey, I've got this thing. What do you think I should do? What are you hearing from me? Like, she knows me the best right? Like, <laughs> why not? And I have, th- I have three actually. And the, the other two are my children. Mm. They have taught me so much. They've taught me so much. They've taught me the importance of really being a man, mm. like what it really means. A lot of us think that watching sports and driving big trucks and doing all these things, that's manly, right? Like right. going fishing and going, get, like that to me is masculine, but really what it is of being a man for me is being authentic and removing the mask of our gender and just saying, this is me. I'm a human. Mm. So I lean on those three as mentors, really, humanly to really go, okay, what, what do I need to do next? And that doesn't mean that I'm perfect and they're always right. I like to hear what they have to say and then I <laughs> go and do my thing, you know? Yeah. So. I mean, do we really always listen to any of our mentors? No, no, no. <laughs> I mean, don't no. tell mine. I mean, <laughs> don't yeah. tell them. But and No one's listening, so we'll just hear <laughs> yeah. You know, the, with my kids too, something that I discovered is that I was not, I didn't become a better manager and, and some call me a leader. I didn't become better at that until I woke up at 5.30 in the morning and I fought with my kids for like an hour and then took a shower, went to work, and then was standing in front of a bunch of 40 and 50 year old guys in construction. And I literally seen my children in those guys. And I went, whoa, like, okay, how did I deal with it this morning? Like, you know, oh, wow. That's then, awesome. I be- then I became a little bit better of a manager. But what I discovered was that with my kids, they just want to be heard. Yeah. They want to feel important. They want to be recognized. They, they want to know they want to know that somebody is there that cares for them. And I try to do the same thing for, for my teams. Nobody's perfect here. Yeah, I look at it like we're stewards of relationships. And I know with my kids, I always told them, if I'm not a good parent, then you're just not training me, right? <laughs> <You know? laughs> Put the blame on that, right? I am, you're pointing I'm, at them. You got I am doing my that. best. <laughs> so if you feel like we need to make adjustments here, you need to bring it to the, bring it to the uh, leadership and yeah. we'll take it under advisement. But <laughs> you don't it's tell true. me because it's true. Like, it, and I feel like we only, and I say this a lot too, we just get taller. There's really no, not many more differences than that. Yeah. We're still having those temper tantrums. We just do them differently, you know, yeah, we hide them better. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's, I know kids are awesome. I love that you said that because I think kids are amazing teachers because they're so they close to the source, you know, they, yeah. they keep it yeah. so simple. Yeah. 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 That's so good. You mentioned that one of your superpowers is serving people. How mm. does that help you in your business? Mm. It helps me in all realms. I feel that serving people is the most important thing 
I can use a story here. I had a client that I've known for five years during the shelter in place. This particular client called me. I was trying to reach out, trying to get in touch with them. Wasn't able to. And this particular client had texted me actually first and said, Hey, do you have a minute? And it was like on a Wednesday night at like six o'clock. And I immediately said like, yeah, let me know. This is out of the ordinary, kind of weird. You get a text like that. So I answered the call and this client went on and started talking about how they're challenged and um, they're challenged at work and they're having struggles here and that. And so, you know, I had just spoken, just kind of spoken to them and listened to them and asked questions. And an hour later, this client opened up and said, you just saved my life. And I sat there and I went, how, what do you mean? Right? Like, and this client got deeper into it and started telling me their story on where they were at. And when they sent the text, this client had said something told them to text me. Mm. And I was like, cool, that's great. What are we going to do about it now? Right. Right. And so a couple of weeks later, now I know where this client is at and what this client is doing and the, the achievements that this client's had. And I know the contracts that I've received because of this particular conversation, mm. because of comfortability and trust, because I was there to provide and be a service, not even a construction service. I was there to be a service mm-hmm. to a person. I received so, business from it. Meeting them right where they're at instead of having them come to you. It's funny because... I'm very analytical. So I love how you're, you're very feeling and it's just amazing and you're passionate and you just have a lot of concern and compassion for people. And, but I'm always translating it into like, okay, so how does this like psychologically? And I just think it's really amazing that a lot of the things that if we're doing sales correctly, quote unquote, correctly, if we're doing customer service correctly, really what you're saying epitomizes what we're trained. So quite often we're trained, you know, textbook style, do this, therefore the person will buy it from you. But what you're saying is go from the inside out and reach them where they're at. And then the rest of it's going to come naturally. You're going to understand their pain points. You're going to understand what the good solution is. You're going to have a point of view about how to get them from where they're at to where they want to go. Am I kind of hearing you correctly and interpreting that (laughs) how you mean it (laughs) is that your gift what's that you just showed your gift oh (laughs) your ability right like Mm -hmm. to me you just showed your gift lots of people tiffany don't understand the way that i deliver because my language and the way that i go from bounce someone that you know i tell a story and go bounce here bounce there go this is deeper than that our mission here in life is deeper than just the status quo of sales Right. In my opinion, that is a short-term thinking process. Will it get you money? Will it get you contracts? Absolutely. Cold calling, hard knocking, hard sells. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. It'll get you that. But will it get you that for eternity? Nah. Right. The flavor's nice. Yeah. You know? It's and I think that Tiffany, you just showed your gift of how you can take somebody's information and the way that we are, hear it mull it around and then send it back out in analytical form. So, so those of the, those people that are listening to this podcast, who are your followers who are there can then absorb it and say, got it. I may not have understood what Kev just shared, but now I understand it. What Tiffany just shared based on Kev's information. Oh, okay. 
Awesome. Well, thank yeah. you. That's awesome. Cool. Well, I'm glad that I heard you correctly. 100%. <laughs> and, and I'm one of those that sales training doesn't like I it's forced. It feels really forced to me. But yeah. so I'm also sensitive to what you're saying, because I feel like the concepts correct that salespeople are teaching you because psychologically that works, but there's a reason inside that psychologically it works. So I just think it's fascinating how you're explaining yeah. it. So let's put it towards a shelter in place right now before you ask the next question, right? Yeah. Everything just flipped itself on its head. In your eyes right now, does the standard way of sales, what we've been teaching to all of our people, does the standard way still work today? It does at its core, because at the core is what you're talking about, where it's what is the pain point? You know, what are people hurting from? Where do they want to go? What's the dream? And what's the line that gets them there? How it's delivered? So social media, things like that, it always changes. Right now, it took the hardest turn, I believe, than it's ever taken, like everything else right now. <laughs> you know, everything like, is epic right now. Yeah. But it's like, for a minute, everybody was like, I, I need humans to come to me. Tell me what to do. Tell me what to do. And everyone's just like, don't tell me what to do. Like, if one more person tells me what to do, I'm going to freak out. You know, I don't want to do anything because I'm just tired of everything. And by the way, I hate you. Like, everybody <laughs> sucks. People are terrible. It's such a weird time. And the people, but for me, I'm always looking for the ones with the open hands, like, um, please be gentle because I'm tired. Yeah. I'm by nature pretty gentle. So you know, it's like, I can do that. And how can I help you? And, and I also think that there's a lot of opportunity because people have more time right now than they've ever had. And they need uh, ways to steward that time that they feel it's worthwhile, which is also hard because we're all stuck at home and everything that we think we're going to do next week gets pulled out from under us. So it's like, okay, well, that's what I thought was I was going to do next week, but apparently not. And then we'll gently make plans. So everyone's just exhausted. Mm -hmm. So from a marketing standpoint, I believe, I hate to say that I believe that there's opportunity because I understand that it's a sensitive time. However, I think it's okay to say that there's opportunity because if you come to it with the sense of, I have something to offer that I think is actually going to connect that line between what you need and what you want and where you, how you feel right now. But if we go at it with the old sales thinking, you're just going to be hated. <laughs> like people just don't want to be told what to do right now. You know, they do not. They do yeah. not want to be told the sales thing. And we could see, so mentally, we're talking a little bit about psychology. Mm -hmm. Because we have access to the internet, I believe that our minds are hypersensitive to the sales mm -hmm. of people. So whether we use the right words, whether we do, you know, however we decide to sell us, if you're not being authentic and vulnerable and being like real and true to your core on what the whole thing is, we can tell. Like I don't purchase products right now from big box stores with my sports and my ultra runs and all my stuff. Right now I'm purchasing from local people, one, to support the local economy, but two, because I trust those people right now to say, Kevin, your dollar is best spent here with this product because I took the time to research it. Right, right, right. right? That's so good. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's awesome. Well, that's good stuff. So, wow. 
you know, I think a lot of times just for a second, I just felt really tired. (laughs) Like, man, you really got me into the space where I was thinking about the way things are. And I don't know about you, but sometimes I'll put myself in this like, ah, you know, I'm just going to focus on what's happening. And, but when I really allow myself to sit and think about the gravity of, of what's happening, what people are going through, it's definitely makes you think. It does. (laughs) And you use the word opportunity. You said you hate, right? I'm a forever optimist for those, Mm -hmm. those people that don't know me. I'm optimistic for forever. That's how I'll always be. It's just part of my core. And so when you said, I hate saying opportunity, right? Because we get it. There's a lot happening, mental health, people losing their jobs and all this stuff. The fact of the matter is, is that there is a lot of opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. For those of us that can slightly disconnect from that emotional imbalance that is happening in society today Mm -hmm. and focus on the things that are the narrow gates mm-hmm. in business. And this is going to get a little woo-woo for some that are listening. So be prepared. Focus on that narrow gate of opportunity that's there and then do that. Right. Like that little, opp- like this morning I was on a call and a buddy of mine just got laid off from his job that he'd had for like 15 years. Well, I said, what are you doing today, man? And he goes, well, my wife and I are going to go out and sell, I think they're called papitas or whatever. Mm-hmm. They're like the empanada type things. He says, we're going to go sell those at a couple of farmer's places around here. I was like, what? And he goes, yeah, my wife makes these potato things and we're going to go sell them. And I go, how much do you make off of that? He goes, we'll probably make 800 bucks today. (laughs) So my buddy got laid off on Friday and now he's telling me on Thursday that he's making these things and going to sell like, yeah, that's opportunity. Well, and my, he needs to feed his family. Yeah. So many people are starting businesses. My son and, and daughter-in-law, they just quit their jobs. My son just yesterday was his last day because they're starting mm. a business. But you hear Do these it. stories over and over again. And, you know, I think that we're still kind of grieving as a community. And yeah. so you're always afraid to like, can I be happy about this? <laughs> you know, but mm-hmm. the fact of the matter is, yes, like it, embrace it. And just because we're being told we have to be miserable, we don't really have to be. And, you know, misery likes company and even the best of us sometimes fall prey to that. And two, one thing I was thinking also is for those of you who are listening, I don't care what, what year, what month it is that you're listening. If there's a pandemic or if something crazy happened after this, that is worse even than what I'm talking about. These are concepts that have worked from the beginning of time. Like these are things that humanity has had to deal with ups and downs and transitions. So this is something that can apply. And just by the nature of the fact that we're talking to people who are, who are serious podcasters means you are one of those people. You are one of the people who already, we don't have to talk you into going through the narrow gate. You're already doing it. So, so I think that's really exciting. It's an, ex, it's a devastating time, but it's an exciting time too, quite honestly. I don't, you know, it's, it, I'm, I feel really vulnerable whenever I say it, but that is truly how I feel. And I feel like I've seen a lot of people. I actually had coronavirus back in January, February, and I was very sick and it lasted a long time. So I I understand. And a lot of people don't make it. I get it. However, we, you know, there's a lot of good things that are happening. And if that's what we're focused on and that's because we need to live, we need to, we don't know. I could get hit by a bus tomorrow, you know, after all that. And I think the way that you're approaching it is great. I think it's, you know, we're not promised tomorrow. So we need to really embrace what we do have and, and the people who we can connect with. Yeah. Yeah. And if you're listening to this and you're feeling that uncomfortability, there's a reason why. Mm. Research that, investigate mm. that, understand and- why does that 
butterflies in your stomach? Why is your chest pounding? Why do you think we're so wrong? Mm. Like comment and let us know why. Let's hear it. I'm up for it. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, speaking of commenting and chase, chasing us down with how wrong we are, which I also welcome. So yeah. I'm fully aware, like I said, my kids get to correct me all the time. So, <laughs> but where can people find you, Kevin? They can go to uh, the internet and type in Kevin Hempel, K-E-V-E-N-H-E-M-P-E-L. Uh, my website should pop up. You can find me on social media under Kevin Hempel. I'm out there. Like I leave... <laughs> a large, like 90% of my life out on social. And, you know, I always tell people I don't have business cards personally. I don't have kevinemple.com, you know, business cards, or I own a food tour. I don't have food tour business cards. I do have another company, two other companies I work for. I have business cards for them because that's what they've requested. But I like to work with people that could do part of the way. If If we're supposed to work together, you need to be able to go online and be proactive and find me. Yeah. I don't want you to, it's not chasing me. It's just, do something like you know (laughs) connections two-way not just one (laughs) yeah like like I'm there I'm leaving myself out there for you (laughs) yeah so do something and google it and you know go to the internet or whatever search engine you choose and type in Kevin Owen you'll find me so if someone looks up your podcast which episode would you say would be the best one to listen to first oh you know what so I would say do this thing called the roulette go to whatever podcast, you know, you find the the podcast on and, you know, you flick all the time on Facebook and Instagram, you're using your finger and index finger to flick up. I would say, go ahead and go to where they show the episodes and do a roulette and then click on the one that calls you the best. Very good. Very good. Lead lead it in there and then just get lost. I love it. So what did I, what haven't I asked that maybe I should have? Is there anything else that you want to share? That's a great question. Ultra running? This 200 mile thing. Yeah. This yeah. Yeah. So I am an ultra runner. Last year I ran a hundred miles. I ran a marathon. I ran a 5k, a half marathon. I ran several, uh, I ran 50 miles, hiked several 30 mile hikes. I wasn't like this before 2018. I had done a little bit of bike riding, like century riding and stuff, but I wasn't as extreme as I am now. It wasn't until choosing sobriety in 2018. Mm -hmm. Um, And 2019 was really the catalyst. I chose a goal of optimal health and said, I want to choose going towards optimal health. What does that mean? I want to be mentally healthy. I want to be spiritually healthy. I want to be physically healthy. I want to be emotionally healthy. I want to be financially healthy. Everything under the sun of optimal health. Mm -hmm. And that catapulted me into running 100 miles. So last year, I ran 100 miles for an organization called Rooms of Hope. Um, We raised some cool money did some videos and shared that. And then this year I got the calling to run 200 miles. Oh, and man. so I've been in training to run 200 miles. So on November 20th, 2020, myself, a good friend of mine, Justin Pastorius and uh, Michael Azavitas are going to be running for an organization called Unravel Pediatric Cancer. And we're raising money for them. And how we're raising it is by running these 200 mile trail. It's 203 total. Man. And yeah, we've been in full throttle training for that. Um, so over the course of how much time? Is it through the whole year? How does that break down? No, it's going to start on Friday at 4 a.m. And we're planning on finishing on Sunday of that, default, that Friday, Saturday, oh, Sunday. Oh, my goodness. And it's going to finish um, Sunday night, depending if everything goes well. You know, God oh, wow. willing, we're going to be finished then. If not, then it'll be at uh, like 2 or 3 in the morning on Monday morning. 
and we're just, you can track our journey on the Garmin app and Strava and on the kevinemble.com website. And we're going to be raising money. We're, we're looking to raise $50,000 for Unravel. So yeah, it's, that's been quite the adventure. How does somebody run 200 miles? If you're listening and you've ever wanted to run a 5k half marathon, I tell everybody, how did I start? I put my shoes on, I put my shorts on, I put my shirt on, I grabbed a hat, I grabbed a water bottle, I opened up my front door and I took my first step. Man, I love it. You know, I always say how you do one thing is how you do everything. And you just exactly proved that with the whole, how do you start a podcast? You pick up your phone, (laughs) you just start recording. How do you start running? You put on your shoes and you grab your water bottle and get out there. Do it. Just do it. What holds us back, Tiffany? What do you think holds us back from actually beginning? A lot of your, some of your listeners, I don't know, are are your listeners owners, company owners? Well, they're experienced podcasters. So we're looking at entrepreneurs who are building businesses, speakers, coaches, authors, the gamut. Just like we said with podcasting, it's across, you know, it's not industry specific. It's across the industry. So Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. So a lot of them, so, so what I hear from what you just said is a lot of your listeners really have a perception or perspective of who they are and what they want. And there's goals that are there and they've started, right? Mm -hmm, Exactly. Um, What happens a lot of times with people that have understand what it means to start is that when we're in the mix, when we're in the fire, we forget to pull ourselves out of the fire. And we forget to be in that 20,000 foot view of elevation and over looking over the fire. Right. right? And so we forget that portion. So, cause we're such firefighters. We're like in the, we're in it, we're in it, we're in it, right. We're putting this fire out. We're putting that fire. Out, we're building this company. We're helping that leader. We're doing all these things. And then all of a sudden we look up and look around and we're surrounded by the fire. Mm. So we need to remember, and I want some of the listeners to remember to pull yourself out. So if you're struggling right now and you're challenged, pull yourself out of the fire overlook the problem and say, let's see what we can do. You may need some help with that. You may need a mentor. You may need a leader. You may need somebody to say, Hey, I just want a different perspective. Right. To be there with you and look at that. I do. I have those problems sometimes too. We focus, we hyper-focus and we have these lenses Mm -hmm. and we just focus in and the challenge is pulling yourself out. So pull yourself out and take a look around and, you know, That's good advice. Yeah. I love it. Have a little bit of humility and realize it's important, but it's all not that important. Yeah. It's just is. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's really good advice. So I appreciate that. And we'll be sure to include information about your run on our website as well. So go to nextupnation.com. And I have one more question for you. And it's really important. I love good food. So what is your favorite restaurant? And what do you order when you go there? Mm. So I own a food tour. It's called the Livermore Food Tour in downtown Livermore, California. Mm. I have been asked this question several times being the (laughs) owner of that company. I cannot, for the life of me, tell you what is my favorite restaurant. It's like picking a favorite child. Let me me rephrase it for you then because I completely understand. What was the last restaurant you went to and what did you order? Ooh. Mm. The last restaurant I went to was uh, a restaurant called Wasabi Bistro here in town. Mm. Sushi. It was for my wife's birthday. And we ordered the sashimi salad. 
lots of people don't know about the sashimi. That's hard to say. Mm -hmm. Salad. <laughs> um, what it is, it's a bowl full of salad, like lettuce and carrots and cucumbers and all the stuff. And it's covered in sushi. Oh, and it's like, gosh. it's the best bang for, for your buck because there's no rice in it, but you could always order a side rice. But when we're purchasing really good food, we always look at the financials of it because mm -hmm. you know, we're on top of that. But I ordered that and it's so amazing because it's filled with just fresh fish and, you know, everything you want in a sushi roll. Most people order the sushi roll, but I believe that you pay for the labor of the sushi roll mm. and I can just order a 99 cents rice and then have a salad <laughs> and eat that together. And, you know, do I can feel sushi lovers groaning <laughs> across the world, but I feel you. I mean, I, I love sashimi and salad. So to me, that just sounds like happiness on a plate. So oh, that's totally, awesome. Totally. Well, great. Well, thank you so much, Kevin, for being here. I'm, I really appreciate it. Yeah, I appreciate you. And thanks for having me on. And for all the listeners that are there, um, I appreciate you as well. And I know time is very, very precious. And I appreciate the opportunity to be here and share the story. Really, it's, you know, that's all we really have. So. Right, right. Well, I love it. Well, I feel like you gave us some really good takeaways too, especially when it comes to authenticity and how to really make sure that that's part of, you know, who we are and pushing together our business and our personal lives and being one human, I mm -hmm. think yeah. is really good advice. So. Yeah, I am not, I am not for everybody, but I am for somebody. And if you've heard it, then that maybe I was just for you. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thanks again to everyone who's listening. Thank you to our outstanding team. And remember, the best really is yet to come. Ready? 